0: Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast.
1: That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. And my name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And we have a historic night in the uh, short history of this podcast. It's the most time remaining in a game ever. Uh, that we are recording an instant reaction right now. We just went to the under eight media timeout, and St. John's trails 68 to 44 against Providence, just getting absolutely shellacked. Uh, not really showing a whole lot of resistance, not really showing a whole lot of effort, and looking like they're gonna head to their second blowout loss this season. To Providence, and I figured, why wait for the game to mercifully come to an end? Why not just start recording early? So, uh, if for some reason St. John's makes the greatest comeback in college basketball history, you'll hear it live here—or not live, but you'll hear me my reaction to it live—because uh, I will. I'll give some play-by-play. But I, I do not see that coming. Down by 24 with seven minutes to go, uh, we do have a recap of the game though, and and what uh what I saw. Through the first 33 minutes of the game, we will have uh, John Kavanaugh on. He came on uh, a while ago, actually. It's been a while since John last joined us, but uh, he's back on to uh, break down. Unfortunately, uh, this terrible, terrible loss for the Red Storm, which will drop them to 19 and 8 in the con- uh, overall and 7 and 7 in the conference. And you know, it, it, it's basically this was essentially just a continuation of the game from 10 days ago it seems like they didn't really learn anything uh nothing really changed or 11 days ago whenever that game was nothing really changed from that point uh from the 70 to 56 loss to to the friars at the garden you know similar lack of energy similar lack of you know ability to run offensive sets Uh, playing the exact type of game that Providence wanted you to play, undisciplined, not getting rebounds, the whole nine yards, Uh, basically exactly what this game couldn't be. Once again, it was for the Red Storm. And, you know, from the results on the court, obviously it's a blowout. The result being a loss doesn't stun me a whole lot. Uh, Providence, you know, kind of similar to maybe St. John's and Marquette. Uh, Providence just kind of has St. John's number, it seems like. And at this point, you know you're just happy to be done with them, and now you hope that you don't match up with them in the Big East tournament. So the the loss doesn't concern me too much. Uh, St. John's was underdogs in this game. You know, you know, I don't think anyone would be that shocked if tomorrow morning or you know yesterday morning you told us that we they lost this game. Uh, it was not it's not a, a terribly surprising loss, but obviously how it happened is inexcusable. Um, just undisciplined, like I said, that's really the main thing that sticks out to me is is the lack of discipline from this team. And, and I just tweeted that out a moment ago. I, I said, you know, you can almost see the moment that this team gives up on a game. And that's my problem. This is not a team of 18 and 19-year-old kids. This is a team of veterans, a core of veterans. And you can pinpoint the exact moment in a game when you said they stopped trying. And they've given up on a game. That's a problem to me. That's my biggest problem, is that the the effort, again, did not seem like it was there for the Red Storm. And, And that's my main problem. If you can put that effort forth against Villanova, why can you not do it against Providence? Why is this game that everyone and their mother was saying, it's a trap game for St. John's, it's a trap game for St. John's, it's a trap game for St. John's, and then you go out and you let it be a trap game. You don't even compete in this game. That's my problem. My problem is when everyone in the world knows this is a trap game and you fall into the trap. You still fall into the trap. Not only do you fall into the trap, but you look absolutely terrible doing it. If they played a hard-fought game and they lost by three points, I'd say, okay, Providence has your number. Providence plays you well. But this is a bad Providence team. is a 500 Providence team that has now utterly dominated you and utterly shut you down two straight times that's inexcusable that's on you that's my biggest problem with this team and again now because of this loss I don't know how far you're gonna slide but you're gonna fall and you're probably gonna fall right near the bubble once again so every single time this team takes a step forward Like I said on Monday when I recorded my last episode, felt like it could have been a program-changing win, and now here we are once again, another terrible loss, another soul-crushing loss that just takes all of the energy out of this program, all of that momentum. You were on the back page of the, the New York Post on Monday. You had the back page. You were the biggest story in town Monday morning. It's gone now. It's all gone, and now you got to rebuild yourself back up just to get back to that point again. So I I, I still like the direction that this team is headed in. I hope that this is just a blip on the radar, but it's becoming all too predictable now when when this stuff kind of stuff is going to happen, when this type of loss is going to happen. That's my problem. It's becoming too predictable. I shouldn't be able to say on Monday... I want to record a show now to talk about the Villanova game because I know on Wednesday there's a good chance they're going to have a letdown and lose to Providence. I shouldn't be able to say that. Especially not about a team, like I said, of veterans. I should not be able to predict. Me, some idiot sitting here recording a podcast, should not be able to predict when a high-level, Division One college basketball team, a high Division One college basketball team can play a letdown game and is going to let me down. At this point in the season, too. And we still really haven't learned anything about this program now and this team to this point in the season, which is incredible. But now, hey, you know, best of luck. They're playing Seton Hall at the Garden on Saturday. I'm sure they'll come out energized, and I'm sure they'll play a lot better in this game. But, you know, right now they trail by uh, 26 to Providence, and they have 46 points with five minutes left. So I don't know what to tell you guys with that one. But we will have John Kavanaugh on now. Uh, we'll welcome him on for the first time in a couple months. Like I said, it's a shame that uh, we have to have him on under such dire circumstances, but I'm sure he'll uh, do a great job as always. And uh, yeah, I will be back at the end to, uh, to uh, close this thing out and preview our next show. And by then, hopefully the uh, the game has come to its merciful end. So check it out. Hope you guys enjoy. Okay, we're now joined by John Kavanaugh of Big East basketballbreakdown.com he came on a couple months ago actually and uh it's it's my mistake for not having him on uh more uh i apologize to him i apologize to listeners for that but uh we do have john back on now and i have to apologize again to him for having him on to recap such a terrible terrible game and a terrible terrible (laughs) performance john i'm sorry (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, it's okay, Troy. I'm sorry to everyone that's tuning in after seeing this game as well, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think St. John just owes all of us a collective apology. We shouldn't really be apologizing for anything, you know. We're, we're just collateral damage at this point. <laughs> but, no, uh, trust me.
0: I'm with you on that one.
1: Yeah, so as of the time that we are recording this, uh, let's see, there's 223 left and it's 76-51. to 51. So they're they're battling it back. They're staying in it a little bit. Uh game well, deciding. Oh really? Wow, look at that. It is. I, I haven't I've I have it on, but I'm really not paying attention at this point. But I, I told you off air, if if they make the most miraculous comeback in sports history and make a twenty five point comeback in the final two minutes, we will do play by play. So we're prepared to do that. Be prepared to to flip on, uh, on a switch and do that. Okay. Oh, I uh, trust me. I gladly do that. <laughs> so I mean, let let's get into it, man. I I mean, I I, I said in my open, I'm not too terribly shocked with the loss because I mean they were first of all they were underdogs. Providence is a tough matchup for them. We we saw that in the first game. So I'm not terribly shocked with the loss. What bothers me is the effort. The lack of adjustments from the first game, seeing that it was basically a continuation of that first game, and just the overall lack of intensity—that's what bugs me. You know, and what what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, just to echo that. I...
1: All right, we lost you there for a second, John. Uh, go ahead with your uh, with your opening thoughts.
0: No problem. Yeah, so uh, just to echo what you said, um, it's just really, really frustrating. I mean, obviously, Providence is a team that has played Saint John's well in the past. I think this is going to be eight of the last nine they've lost against Providence. So, you know, when a team has your number and a guy like a coach like Ed Cooley, um, you know, obviously he knows the game plan against Saint John. So. I I agree. I think it was a tough matchup and I certainly think that um, there was going to be a fight, but there really was no fight and that was my issue with tonight. I just think the effort, the intensity wasn't there. I think that uh, right out of the gate, they got down and it just looks like they were on discipline, um, and for a you know a senior leader like Marvin Clark uh, to lose his composure, uh, we saw we saw Heron go at the referee a little bit. I understand the frustration and the emotion and the passion, but in a game that was relatively close in the first half, uh, they let it get away from them. They they just didn't look composed. They didn't look composed emotionally, and they didn't look composed with the basketball. And I, I, I'm just disappointed uh, in it. In the effort, especially from the upperclassmen. And I'm also disappointed in the fact, like you said, no adjustments. I mean, Providence basically threw his own at St. John's, and St. John's had absolutely no response. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just, they looked stagnant. They were swinging the ball in the perimeter. They barely went inside i mean not that you want to go inside against the providence bigs but they, they weren't knocking down any shots there they just didn't seem to be much of an attack much of a game plan to beat the zone that providence threw at them and credit to providence but st john's really has to look in the mirror after this one
1: yeah and that, that's a that's another problem that i have is i i mean if you're playing this team in the big east tournament uh if they reach the ncaa tournament, why would you not play zone against them? They've shown zero ability whatsoever to run a half-court offense. They've shown zero ability to make any adjustments against a zone defense. And you saw it against again tonight. Providence did absolutely nothing different from the first matchup, and they still couldn't they – sc- they're going to score under 60 points again.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And Providence likes to play this type of game. They like to play um, – a game where they slow it down. They like to play this gritty kind of uh, muck it up style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the way St. John's likes to play. St. John's loves, obviously we, we know they like to run. They like to play a transition style game and Providence just knows how to slow St. John's down. They know how to really make St. John's hold on to the basketballs and, they basically dictate the pace every single time these two teams square off. So if, if you're playing St. John's and you can you know, make St. John's, as you said, set up that half-court offense and you can make St. John's have to think with the basketball instead of just flying in transition, there's a good chance you're going to beat St. John's. And that's obviously, that looks to be the formula. And Providence has it mastered. But yeah, I mean, I don't know why you would throw a zone at, uh, at them. Because if the threes aren't falling, if the threes aren't falling, it's it's just not looking promising.
1: Mm-hmm. And and we saw that tonight. The game is it's now final seventy eight to fifty nine. Providence wins, and they shot five of seventeen, and two of them came from Brian Trimble. Uh, so I, I mean, what is what is the long term thought for you? I, I mean, for me. Like we said, the the loss is is I don't want to say it was expected, but it's not stunning for me. The way that it came was what bothers me. But long term for this team, like like, can you put any? Because I've tried now for weeks to try to figure out why this team can't put any sort of sustained success together and build off of a win whatsoever. Do you have any sort of insight as to why this team refuses to build off of wins?
0: Well, you know, I'll try my best because St. John's is what they have been all season. Mm-hmm. They're a very, very inconsistent team. Mm-hmm. And to try and figure them out would take you hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – I don't understand it as well. And you, you hear a lot after the games. You hear the players talk about, yeah, when we bring our A game, we can beat anybody. Or, yeah, you know, we, when we dialed in, when, when we turned it up, for some reason – you just That has to be repeated
1: and repeated, and we just don't see that week after week.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't
1: understand why. You, you hear it from the
0: leaders on this team, yeah, when, when we're playing at our best, when we bring our best energy, why is that not carried over week to week? I don't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. That's To me, that's not exactly acceptable.
1: <laughs> and, and does that, for you, fall on the coaching, or is that the players themselves that – they almost need to be reminded, or remind others that, hey, you know, we, we when we bring our A game, we can beat everyone. But the A game is not always there, or the A effort is not always there. Who who does the blame fall on? Uh, for, for you,
0: it has to be a combination. You know, oh. I think it's easy to blame the coaching staff. Uh, it's easy to blame. Uh, mullen because obviously uh this is a product of his team his teams have yeah. always been inconsistent but it, you have to also place blame on the players they're the ones that obviously have to go out there and execute you can't force these guys to realize that they need to win that they needed to come out tonight and really try and gut uh gut out a road win you know i i understand why uh a lot of a lot of people blame the coaching staff um mullen's certainly a little more lax uh he's obviously more has more of an nba style to his program where he's very hands-off lets the players dictate a lot Mm -hmm. so he does put a little uh you know the players do have a little more freedom so to speak but um so maybe he should be a bit more hands-on and maybe he should be getting to the bottom of this, but at the end of the day as well, the players have to go out there. And the, and you have a lot of guys like Heron, like Clark, that have been a part of major programs that are leaders on this team that know what it takes to win. So for that influence also not to be carrying over to the other guys, that also is concerning.
1: Exactly. That's a great point. And I think that a game like tonight almost kind of changed my opinion on this question because I personally, I was never a huge fan of Chris Mullen. And in a game like this, I would usually put the blame on Mullen but like you said, a, a game like this one, coming off of that huge, potentially program-changing win against Villanova, like there there shouldn't be any need for Mullen to tell these guys, "Hey, you got to get up for this one guy." Like like that should be, especially like you said, on a team of of veterans and a team of veterans who have been in big programs and big spots before. It shouldn't be necessary for the coaches to say, "Hey, guys, we got to get up for this one," you know.
0: Absolutely, and I think that you know. Um St. John's. I mean, they have you know L.J. Figueroa when he's playing good as a spark plug. Uh, you know, Josh Roberts has come in even to be a spark plug, and, and St. John's really needs their seniors to be the spark plugs, to be the guys that you know really say, "Hey, guys, let's go." Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, you know, these are the senior group of guys that ha- have been saying, that have been preaching that you know we're experienced, that have been preaching that you know this is uh, this is a different team, and. Too many times uh, we've seen, at their worst, that they're still kind of that same team, which is unfortunate. Now, to keep some perspective, uh, because obviously uh, that's important, mm-hmm. they still are going to have five quad one wins, most likely because Georgetown beat Villanova yeah. tonight. Uh-huh. So they're going to have five quad one wins, and the bubble is really, really weak. So to, to the sky seems like it's crashing down, yes, but mm-hmm. to keep it in perspective, this is a bad loss. But if they move on Saturday and they come back out and win, because that's what they seem to do. They have (laughs) these really bad games and then they follow it up with a game that gets our hopes up and the roller coaster keeps going up and down. But you know what I'm
1: saying?
0: um, There's there's still plenty of opportunity there, too. You know, five quad one wins in a weak bubble is most likely going to get it done as long as they don't
1: completely collapse the rest of the way. Yeah, I agree. in In terms of the tournament pr- uh, prospects, that's still okay. I think, like you said, it's it's almost more of you know looking at this program from afar now and, and seeing the lack of changes day to day, which is the issue. Um, let's talk in. Let's talk some players now. We'll start with Marvin Clark, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, no points for him in this game. Barely even played. It was for a second strike game that he got into foul trouble early picked up a couple fouls in the early in the second half as well and then uh got teed up to get to get uh pick up his fifth foul and then got teed up on the bench to get ejected from the game uh easily i would say his worst not only his worst performance but just his worst night in general uh with st john's Uh, i mean my my issue with marvin is that he he's He's put being put in a spot that, and I'm sure that you'll agree with this, is unfair to him that he's he's basically the the big man on this team and guarding bigger guys, so it's tough. But at some point, you got to learn how to defend without fouling, man. Like you just have to, you know what I mean? And like and like that, and then you also have to learn to to not talk back to officials and not get teed up twice. Like these are things that you shouldn't have to be talking we shouldn't have to be talking about right now with a guy who's been in college and been with this program for years now you know what i mean
0: absolutely and i think um you know you mentioned that's a good point obviously that he is playing out of position He is playing the five and he is an easy target for opposing teams because he's undersized he's an undersized five but he does have to be smarter you know they're they're Absolutely no question about it. You know, some fouls that he takes, he takes. He takes a lot of fouls very early in the games. Mm-hmm. He sets himself up to get in trouble, and then he just doesn't do himself any favors. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was his third foul. I'm not. I'm not positive on that. Where, you know, he, he has he knows he has two fouls, and yet he just makes a big time swat mm-hmm. uh, on a guy going up to the basket. And you just have to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. They have some plays you have to eat it. And I know you want to be hard around the rim, but. He's just, he, he has shown at times when he's in foul trouble that he just doesn't understand the situation and he really needs to. And, and there comes a point when you just have to have that feel for the game where you can't take another foul. Too many times, I think he went into the half with two fouls. It
1: seems which, like you know, every game it's, he goes into the half with like two fouls. <laughs> every single
0: game that happens. And it really, you know, when Clark is on, he is... You know, uh, this St. John's team is on all cylinders because his outside shot, went. it's going, it's great. And they could have, uh, you know, they could really use that at points. So when you go into the half with two fouls every time and you can't really go full throttle, it, it puts you at a disadvantage. And that's just something that's happened way too often.
1: Mm-hmm. And we'll continue down the line of, uh, of sadness here for St. John's. We'll talk about Shamori Pons. Uh, four points in this one. I'm going to do some quick math in my head here. He is 8 for his last 35 from the field in, in his last three games. Uh, this game he only had four points and shot 0 of 3 from three-point range as well. Uh, again, now... If, if Villanova was his worst game at St. John, this one's up there as well. Uh, he's really looked kind of off. Ever since that Duke game, he had the big game against Marquette. But then, you know, since then he's kind of looked off. Is it – like you have to start speculating now because he has just not looked himself for basically the last two not weeks. Uh, well, what do you think?
0: I almost think he has to be hurt. Uh, I mean, that's that's what I'd like to think, because he really just has been in a huge funk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he just hasn't looked like himself, and he's missing a lot of baskets right here in the rim, missing a lot of layups, which is very uh, not like him. Uh, he really hasn't done anything from outside. I, I mean, I saw against Butler he was holding his arm, and I'd like yeah, but, uh... But again, I'd like to think he's hurt either that or he's just in a big funk, but it just seems like when he, if he's not, if he's fully healthy, no matter what, even if he isn't a funk, he always manages to find a way to score points. And he just hasn't done that recently. So I'm, I'm, Thinking there might be an underlying issue there. Uh, if the if there's not, obviously uh, a lot of teams have done a good job. They've really they've trapped him as the ball carrier. Uh, they've done a good job of limiting him. And St. John's has been okay because they have other guys that can beat you. So he and Paul has done a good job facilitating this year. But he just, especially as of late, he just hasn't had that score-at-will kind of edge to him. Mm-hmm. You know, last year when you gave him the ball in certain situations, you knew he was scoring. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't seen that killer instinct from him these last few weeks, which leads me to believe he's hurt, or it just leads me to believe that he's in a bad, bad funk, and that could be bad
1: for St. Mm-hmm. John's, absolutely. And you, you mentioned him being more of a facilitator, which... When you're winning and when, you know, the rest of your team is scoring a lot of points, that looks good. But when you're losing and when you only score four points and you're kind of looked at as the focal point of this offense, the questions start to arise. And I have to ask this question to you do you feel like he's almost being too passive on on the offensive end and not taking his shots? I mean, he he took nine shots tonight, but do you almost feel like he's being too passive on the offensive end? Because that's kind of been an underlying question for a lot of St. John's fans all season, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I touched on this a little earlier in the season uh, where I thought he was being a little too passive, Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely, and I'll say it. I will say that I do think so because there's times in a game where it's like a it's 10, 12 point game, St. John's is down, where you just say, give him the ball and, and take over. You know, there's at some point um, your star has to be your star and take over. If the rest of the team doesn't have it, like tonight they didn't have it. Sometimes as a star you just and, and he did it a lot last year. Mm-hmm. I mean and people said he did it a little too much last year. So maybe, you know, he came out this season trying to be more of a facilitator. But no, absolutely. I mean there's been times where fans we've been crying for Shamori Pons to do his thing and take over and, and wheel St. John's back. Like he like that game against I believe it was V C U. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um you know where that they really didn't have a ton going that game, but they, Pons put the team on his back, and they came back and won that game. Um, that obviously cannot work every game, and that's why St. John struggled last season. But and this season's different, which is good. But there are some moments where he just you, you just have to take over as a star, and he just hasn't had, like I said, that killer instinct to take over uh, in games and. Is he being too passive? I would like. To, I would think so, yes, but the shots he is taking really aren't falling at the moment, so I'm not really sure if that's the issue right now, but again, as you said, only nine shots. I want to see my star point guard, I want to see him take more and shoot more shots, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. And looking big picture, I think that's what worries me the most, is that, like you said, it's not sustainable to win games, you know, one guy just putting the team on his back and going, but... I feel like if this team is going to make a sustained run, either in the Big East tournament or in the NCAA tournament or both, it's going—they're going to have to have you know a game or two where Pons kind of just takes over and wills them to victory. And what worries me is, God forbid, this shooting slump continues or this offensive slump continues. You know, we're going to see a game like this, and then it's all going to be over.
0: No, I agree. I think that uh, you know there are certain moments, like you said. Where it's going to be necessary, and mm-hmm. is that going to be in their arsenal? Uh, that's the question. I, that's the question I'm asking as well. I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And we'll close on this. I mean, I mean, big picture. You don't seem too concerned. I'm not terribly concerned either. Like you said, I think they're still a tournament team. The problem that I have, as I mentioned, is you know looking at this almost from an outsider's perspective. Is that it feels like every chance that they get to build off of a big program changing or potentially program changing win it failed they fail to do so but in terms of you know the tournament prospects and everything I think they're still in pretty good shape I don't think that this will kill them too much
0: yeah here's my my closing thoughts on this I'm not so much concerned about the tournament mm-hmm. uh, and that's not where my concerns like like I said five quarter wins and that they've beaten some good teams and they're, they're lucky this year that the bubble really isn't strong yeah but Like you said, my concern lies – I don't sound too concerned with that, but I am concerned – with the program in general, the culture surrounding the program in general. That's more so where I'm concerned because you have a game where you come back from down 19, you beat Villanova at the Garden, you're feeling great, you're on top of the world. You should be able to follow that up with a with a gutsy performance on the road. That should energize you. Mm-hmm. That should give you newfound life because basically that win sealed your ticket to the NCAA tournament. You should not come out the next week and, and show that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Not. And there have been too many times that we've seen, especially in Moss' tenure, where this team has just laid an egg, and that's that's a problem. If if anything, consistency should not be an issue in the fourth year of a pro, of uh, of a head coach's tenure. It mm. shouldn't be. Mm. Okay. Some I understand some games. You know, you get, out oh, you know, the other team made good adjustments. However, but again. This team is nineteen and eight, I believe. Seven and seven in the Big East. And that's just to me not good enough. Mm-hmm. This team is not a five hundred team in conference. This team still has more talent than their record shows. And while I'm happy that they're in the tournament discussion, and I'm happy they're likely going to be playing uh, deep into March, I'm just con- I just don't understand why. Uh, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. They can't put together two consistent games, especially coming off a big win. 7-7 seven seven is extremely mediocre. Inconsistent, mediocre are two words that should not be used when describing a team that has the talent like St. John's does. And it just seems like every time you're ready to jump on the bandwagon, it's just, every time you're ready to see this team explode, they come crashing down even harder. To me, that's... I'm not, again, the tournament is the tournament, but the culture going forward with this team, there, ha- we, there has to be some kind of change to get this team consistently playing the right way every single night.
1: I almost want to give you a standing ovation there because that was that was awesome. That was like that was preaching to the choir, man. I felt that. That was that was you brought the fire there, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Bringing the house down. Uh, John, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate. It. We, I, I, my fault again for for uh, almost you know not having you on for the last couple of of, uh, of months. But we got definitely got to do something again this season. And uh, why don't you tell everyone again where they can find you, where they can follow you, and all that
0: sure thank you Uh, so yeah follow me at Kavanaugh on Twitter that's where I'm going to be posting a lot of stuff um Big East Basketball Breakdown is something we're still working on. Uh, And I also started a new project uh, called Cav Connect. It's going to be a new media outlet where I'm going to be doing a bunch of different projects. Uh, It's at Cav underscore Connect. So if you want, uh, you could all follow that. I'd greatly appreciate it. Going to be doing a lot of digital stuff with sports and uh, really excited about it. So, but uh, yeah, definitely love being on. uh, I'd love to be back on uh, as you have me, Trey.
1: Cool. Thank you, man. Now, all that sounds awesome. And uh, yeah, we will definitely talk to you again in the future. But thank you again for, uh, for bringing the fire there. That's exactly what, what we needed for this podcast, for this episode.
0: <laughs> thank you, Troy. Uh, I'm always good for it.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good night, man. <laughs> you too. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Big thanks there to John Cavanaugh once again for coming on and literally bringing the fire. That was awesome. Uh, that that ending uh, comment that he had, I, I feel like that really did sum up exactly how we all feel uh, towards this program. So big thanks to him, and uh, we will definitely have him on again at some point before this season ends. And yeah, um, now that I'm recording after that, St. John's lost 78 to 59. So awesome effort all around by the Red Storm tonight. Uh, they got it within 20 at least. So uh, maybe that'll help their net ranking. Uh, that they that they kept it within 20 on the road against the uh, daunting opponent of Providence but that just about wraps up our show tonight I'm really not going to uh, keep, keep you guys listening any longer and, and keep recording any longer because there's not really much else to talk about I think we all covered it uh, between myself and Mr. Kavanaugh so thanks again to him for hopping on and we'll be back next week with a show not exactly sure when but uh, we will definitely be back next week with the show and hopefully we can uh, have a little bit more of a positive recap unlike this one which is all negative but for now the roller coaster ride continues I hope you're all you know strapped in and ready to go because we're on the ride already so there's no getting off Uh, and we'll see if it's going up or going down next week but for now we are all the way at the bottom and I guess there's only one way to go but up so I will talk to you guys next week And as always, let's go, Johnnies.